Welcome into the 48 Days Podcast. Hey, I had a listener this week that said, Dan, with my current income, I'm too comfortable to take a risk. Wow. You know, have you ever felt like that? You know, you're getting by, things are going pretty well, but you have a bigger dream. But those bills just keep coming and you don't have six months of savings and you don't want to risk the predictability of what you have in place now. Well, we've all heard the good is the enemy of the great. So I'm going to walk you through this listener question Lay out a plan for moving from good to great, a plan you can use starting today. I've also got a very important three-part success plan, just three real short sentences, but I think it could revolutionize what you think you have to do to move into a higher level of success. I think it's going to really surprise you. I'll give you that in just a minute here. So grab your cup of tea, whatever you happen to be drinking, get ready for this power-packed episode. Again, we're going to be unpacking questions and coming back with practical advice, inspiring stories. I want to give you updates on a stranger secret people, what are what's happening there and a whole lot more. So let's jump right in. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 days to the work you love with Dan Miller on the 48 days online radio show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? You know, I never get tired of hearing that in this little intro that we've had for a long time now, but I never get tired of hearing that. Do you think it's possible? Well, if you're here, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, I know you believe it's possible. It is possible to find or create that work that is purposeful, meaningful, and profitable. All right. Hey, I want to give you some strangest secret updates. I want to give you that three-part success plan, but here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at. Dan, how can I keep and use my creativity when AI, that's artificial intelligence, is exploding in use? All right, we'll look at that. Sometimes I think the only thing that prevents me from becoming an entrepreneur is my problem with starting And then I I just want to get these three because they're all kind of meaty. Then with my current income, I'm too comfortable to take a risk to do what I really want to do. Okay, so our quotation today comes from our old buddy, William Shakespeare. You know, he just words things in kind of an eloquent way. So check this out. Now, this is in The Strangest Secret where this is quoted, but it comes from William Shakespeare who said, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Okay, so in plain English, rather than the king's English, it just means that sometimes the fears we've got, the things we're thinking, oh, I probably couldn't do that, hold us back from things we could do that would create a lot of good in the world. All right, so anyway, that's it. Now our resource is uh same as last week, I want you to please go do the survey. Now, thank you. We've had hundreds and hundreds of you that have completed the survey already, and I'm thrilled and so appreciate your uh, willingness to do that. We do have some prizes for everybody. We're going to be giving away uh, some copies of my new book, An Understanding Heart, to some of you, where we just randomly choose some names, so that'll be exciting. But uh, everybody's going to get something, so if you go to 48days.com slash feedback, that will give you the opportunity to just give me some feedback on a podcast. And golly, your ideas are just stellar as always. 
but I'll be reevaluating. Do I just handle listener questions like this? Do we make it 15 minutes long instead of about 40 or 48? Do we make it 30 minutes long or 60? You know, so all those things, I want to know who you are, where you are in your own success path. And uh, that survey will give us an opportunity to know that. So again, just go to 48days.com slash feedback and uh, get your name in the hat for some of those prizes. And uh, thank you again so much for doing that. Well, you know, a lot of people are going through, here we are on the 15th of September. So we're halfway through the month. And that means that the whole lot of you, and now we're up to like 650 people who have signed in and committed to doing this 30 day challenge of listening to the strangest secret every day for 30 days. And if you haven't yet, that's, that's cool. You know, if you don't want to do it, that's cool. If you want to jump in now and start your own 30 day clock, you can do that. But you know, just a couple of things that have really jumped out at me. I mean, I'm listening to it. Uh, obviously, I, I'd be hypocritical if I were not listening to it every morning, which I am, and I look forward to it. When I hit the road, go out for my walk in the morning, that's the first thing that I do. And one of the concepts that really jumped out at me this morning is stop thinking about what it is you fear. Every time a fearful or negative thought comes into your consciousness, replace it with a mental picture of your positive and worthwhile goal. Now, I hear a whole lot of people voicing their fears. And again, it's that thing, if you speak it, if it comes out of your mouth, it really creates a firm belief for you. So if you're talking about how bad things are or how stupid other people are or you know how bad the economy is or the company that you work for, those things tend to grow. That, that's that process that he talks about in The Strangest Secret where you, you plant a seed. It's just like planting a, a seed of corn. It's going to grow and come back as more. Well, the same thing happens in our minds. So make sure that you're planting seeds of positivism, optimism, things that you really want more of are the things that you think about. That's the primary principle we become what we think about. Well, just a couple notes here. Brian said he missed two days over the weekend and following the strangest secret directions, he's starting over on his 30-day count. That's cool. Cliff realized he might be right on top of his acres of diamonds. He's been very involved in his local community, just volunteering, but he's now recognizing that may have in it the very seeds of a bigger opportunity for him. Adrian been doing the same thing. She's been helping people with their health just because she loves that field of interest, understanding health. She's gotten herself in really good health, helped her husband get off his diabetes medication. He's in perfect health as well. And now she realizes that's her acres of diamonds. So now she has two new paying clients who are on her initial 90-day plan to better health. And I love those kind of light bulbs that are coming on for people as they're going through this process. And it goes on and on. And I love seeing people get the immediate results um, that they are surprised sometimes to see. Um, Some have struggled coming up with their big goal, you know, waiting for that really big goal that's going to change the world, like clean water for every person on the planet or a cure for Parkinson's disease, or uh, you want to live on Mars for a couple of months. I mean, I encourage them and you to choose something pretty tangible. I mean, something where you can really see how this process works. I mean, Robin, I mentioned Robin, I think before she's decided she's going to go on an art trip to Italy with my wife, Joanne, next year. There's going to be about 10 gals go over there for a couple of weeks and she's decided she wants to go. So in as much as she's retired and kind of has her budget you know, mapped out, she decided that she's going to take a part-time job at Costco. She's already done that. She's going to be one of those 
lady's giving out samples, you know, that everybody loves and she can make her own hours, but every penny she earns will go straight into her Italy trip account. And she's already calculated out about four months of part-time work will give her the $7,000 she needs for the trip. That's the kind of thing that people are seeing. Wow. This is something I'd really want to do. And then there's that blend of being clear on your idea, but then also taking action. Sometimes people get kind of tripped up where he implies you just think about your goal and you don't have to do anything. It's going to magically appear. No, that's, that's some other philosophy. This one requires work. So anyway, if you want to check that out again, you can always go to just 48days.com slash secret to join us in the fun that we're having in there. And the principle, one of the things we have on our cards, all of us doing this process, have on our card, our big goal on one side. And on the other side, we've got written out of Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I mean, and people are just amazed at something that's so familiar like that, how true they're seeing that played out. Ask and it shall be given. A lot of people are, are deciding, you know, just asking is opening doors of opportunity that, that they thought were closed. No, just ask. All right. Hey, I want to get to some questions here, but I also want to give you this three-part success plan. Now this, I pulled this out of my book, No More Dreaded Mondays. So it's been around a while, but it's one of those principles that I keep seeing rear its head in terms of how people get their thinking kind of messed up. Anyway, here's here's the three-part success plan. Work where you are strongest 80% of the time. Work where you are learning 15% of the time. Work where you are weak 5% of the time. Now, a lot of people get hung up. They spend all their time working on areas where they're weak. Well, they end up with a whole lot of, you know, kind of okay, mediocre weaknesses. No, you don't, you don't have to be great at everything. You know, schools are notorious for this, of course. They want you to know everything. No, uh, people who excel become very focused in what they do well. I mean, you've got a young guy who's been helping me with some computer stuff. Golly, I mean, this guy's, you know, not going to be great at tennis or ping pong or running or uh, a whole lot of other things, but he knows computers inside and out, and I'm grateful for that. That's his his area of expertise, certainly not mine. So work where you're strongest 80% of the time, work where you're learning 15% of the time, and work where you're weak 5% of the time. And a lot of you, that's going to be a lot of freedom, and you can end up being really, really great because you're working where you're strongest anyway. Become really, really good at what you already know, love, and understand. All right, questions. Andrew says, hey, Dan, how can I keep and use my creativity when AI is coming up? So let's let's address this and just uh, give it a, a big kick in the tail here, because AI is not a threat to us. I've, I've said before, is AI going to replace humans? No. But AI is going to replace, give give some challenges to humans who are not using AI. So, but here's the thing. AI is not going to replace human touch, meaningful relationships, spiritual wisdom. I mean, those are going to continue to provide insulation to any of us against being replaced by technology and work. Keep in mind, technology is just a tool. It, it's we're going to use it, use it in a way that preserves who we are. I mean, businesses were successful before we had 
Hi, before we had electricity or computers or iPhones or text or podcast or social media and AI, again, it's just a tool. If you think back, how would you operate your business or live your life or work if you were transported back to the year 1923? So let's just go back 100 years. So at that point, most of the com- country, let's see, most of the country still did not have electricity. So yeah, you know, I mean, families were happy. People were successful. People were building very profitable businesses before we had anything. It's just one more tool. So keep in, t- keep in mind, Andrew, human touch, meaningful relationships, spiritual wisdom, those are going to give you insulation against re- being replaced by AI at work. All right, Mark says, I have no problem working once I get started, but getting started is my problem. Sometimes I think the only thing that prevents me from becoming an entrepreneur is my problem with starting. How does one become a self-starter? Appreciate your podcast. Thanks for all you do. Well, thanks, Mark, for your question. Let's just kind of go through this. When you're talking about going into something that you're going to do on your own, I mean, what, what if that whole process kind of leaves you cold? You might have trouble seeing the right fit in the company and the prospect of, once again, being vulnerable to the politics of a company you know, doesn't exactly light you up. I mean, a lot of you are kind of in that position. Maybe it's been a while since you've had to do a job search, or maybe the thought of having a boss half your age isn't very appealing. You know, I read somewhere recently that, I don't know, like 2025, half the people who are working will have a boss who's approximately half their age, you know, or younger than they are, at least. Well, that's just part of the process. Again, we're going through changes, but you get to choose the work that best fits you, work that fills you with excitement and passion every day. You really can have work that makes you want to get up in the morning, you know, work that says, this is why I was born. Now, if you're being drawn, Mark, to being an, an entrepreneur, then you ought to be able to ask yourself, what would that look like? And if you really have something that gives you the feeling, this is why I was born, you shouldn't have any trouble getting started. I mean, I get up in the morning, I've got so many things. I, we had dinner with some friends last night. They were asking me about what I'm doing. I said, I've got so many ideas about things that I want to execute, even this year yet, that I'm just having trouble uh, figuring out how to have enough time because I have so many things that I'm excited about doing. Now, here, here's what happens though. I mean, when we're young, And when we're in school, we begin to determine what we want to be when we grow up. But as we begin school and start to grow up, there's that subtle transition from who do I want to be to what am I going to do? You know, where we're defined and valued in America by what we do. And that bypasses some important things that may take a while to kind of unfold. But that's such a pressure. You're 18, you're just graduating from high school, you got great grades. People want to know, where are you going to go to college? What are you going to major in? And they, they want one of those clearly defined, out of the Dictionary of Occupational Titles, categories. Gee, you're going to be a doctor, dentist, preacher, teacher, engineer, accountant. Well, a lot of you are don't fit nicely in those clear molds. I certainly don't. So, you know, maybe entrepreneurship is the right move for you. But now moving from employee to a new work model, like that. It's not the quantum leap that it once was. I mean, we typically think of someone who leaves a traditional job to do something on his or her own as an entrepreneur. 
And then we think that person must be really driven, aggressive, not afraid of risk. But you know, today the lines are a lot softer. I mean, people are leaving cubicles, often with their company's support and blessing to become freelancers, contingency workers, independent contractors, telecommuters, you know, remote workers, social entrepreneurs, electronic immigrants, consultants. I mean, we've got a whole lot of terms that we're using to describe those people. Now, now some people simply move to being self-employed. Some start businesses. I mean, if you, if you think about the transition from uh, being employed as a bookkeeper, as an example, to being on your own in that same line of work, you may just have created a job for yourself, and that's okay. You're self-employed. Um, if you decide that you're going to really create a business, then you want something that creates income even while you're not there. Now, my next question, I'm going to unpack that a little bit more because we're going to look real clearly at that the idea of just creating a job for yourself or really starting a business. So do you have, Mark, what it takes to do something on your own, to create work that is purposeful, fulfilling, and profitable? And again, you can dismiss that idea that you have to be that hard, driving-in-your-face person to be in business for yourself. You may never have a building. You may never have employees or inventory, yet still be a great candidate to move away from the traditional employee model. But over the years, I mean, I've identified a number of traits that I think are pretty strong predictors of a person's success in his or her own business. So the more yes answers you have to these questions, the more likely you have what it takes to run your own business. So I've got 18 things here. Now, um, I'll, I'll figure out a way to have these 18. If you go to our show notes here, I'll have these 18 things listed so you can go back and study them a little more, more clearly. Number one, are you a self-starter? Now, that you, you say that you're not. That, that's a pretty big red flag. But I think that if you really found something that you are clearly passionate about, where you have talent in that, you create an economic model, so you get that little three-legged stool, talent, passion, and money. I think if you really were clear on that, you'd find that you are a self-starter. I think a self, not being a self-starter means you just simply haven't identified anything that you're really that passionate about yet, something that you really want to do. Anyway, let me go on. Number two, do you get along with different kinds of people? I mean, every business, no matter how small, require contact with a variety of people. You got customers, suppliers, bankers, printers, vendors, and so on. Well, number three, do you have a positive outlook? Number four, are you able to make decisions? I mean, procrastination is the main obstacle to good decision-making. And in a business or doing something on your own, you have to make decisions daily. I mean, 80% of decisions need to be made right away. Those, so you can't be indecisive and be a self-starter or do something on your own. Number five, you're able to accept responsibility. Number six, do you enjoy competition? Number seven, do you have willpower and self-discipline? Again, self-discipline. If you need somebody to wake you up in the morning, somebody to tell you what time to be at work, where to sit, where to stand, when to take a break, and when to go home, yeah, you you you're probably not a self-starter. This is probably not going to be a good idea for you. And that's okay. This is not good, bad, right, or wrong. But if you recognize those things about yourself, I mean, I was talking to one of my granddaughters recently. She says, you know, I just want to have a job where I just go. I know what to do. I don't have to think about all the things that you think about. And I said, hey, that's cool. Now, here's the reality. She may get that job and then 
Yeah, let's see. At this point, she's 13 years old. So, you know, let's say that four years from now, five years from now, she gets a job. And then she decides after three months of being there, geez, there's a lot of things I don't like about this. I don't like having to be told when I need to show up. And what I want to know exactly what I'm going to get paid rather than have an open-ended income. You know, but that experience may help her recognize that she doesn't want to do that. And that's the value of those early positions, those early things we try when we're right out of high school or college. The big value to those often is just identifying what we don't want to do. And that's very, very good. Well, um, let's see. Do you plan ahead? Uh, number nine, can you take advice from others? And you, you want to be open to that. That's how you learn and grow. Number 10, are you adaptable to changing conditions? I mean, change is just explosive today. We know that. Not going to slow down anytime soon. Number 12, do you have, or number 11, can you stick with it? I mean, most new ventures don't take off as quickly as we would like. I mean, I'm involved in a new business startup right now, and it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was going to take this long. I thought we'd have some really incredible revenue at this point, and we're just trickling along because there's some basic things that needed to be clarified and put in place. So can you stick with it? You know, are you going to make a one-year commitment to do this business, no matter how bleak it may look at times? Number 12, do you have a high level of confidence and belief in what you're doing? Again, kind of relates to some of the others. 13, do you enjoy what you're going to do? Don't ever think you can be successful doing something just for the monetary rewards. I mean, that, that's going to, you're, you're going to burn out. Ultimately, you have to get a sense of meaning and satisfaction, fulfillment from what you're doing. So only consider those ideas where you would do something in your own, that you're, where you're really passionate about those. Number 14, can you sell yourself and your ideas? A lot of people fail with a great product or service because they tell themselves they can't sell. Now, nobody's going to beat a path to your door. Even if you have a better mousetrap, you know, those days are gone. You need to sell constantly, but you can learn how to do that. That's not just either you are or you aren't. No, you learn how to do that. It doesn't matter what your personality style is. You can learn how to sell effectively. 15, are you prepared to work long hours? You know, this isn't a cakewalk where you just decide, yeah, you're going to only go and work an hour a day now that you have your own thing. No, it probably works the other way around. Most people I know, and even I, my goodness, I mean, I'm not trying to get my workload down to four hours a week. Thank you, Tim Ferriss. Not a chance. I, I would be bored out of my mind if I only worked four hours a week. I want to work a full day. You know, I still base my time on the idea that I'm going to work about 50 hours a week. Now, I have a lot of flexibility, and when I do that, but because I love it and because I'm initiating so many new things, yeah, I'm still working because that's so fulfilling for me, and I'm not trying to get to the point where I don't have to work anymore. Well, at 16, do you have the physical and emotional energy to run a business? Again, it kind of ties in with some of the others. 17, do you have the support of your family and or spouse? I mean, without support at home, your chances of success are dramatically reduced. Doubt and misgivings can creep in too easily. If we could spend a whole whole day talking about that one right there, because I've seen that sabotage a whole lot of people who thought they had a dream, but without a, without spousal support, um, it can be very, very challenging. Well, 18, are you willing to risk your own money in this venture? If not, you're probably not really committed to it. Uh, no bank or outside lender is going to be willing to take a risk if you're not willing to back it with everything you have. All right, let me, let me take a, a quick interlude here. Goodness, and then we're going to go on to 
one more question that I really want to unpack that I think you're going to enjoy. It's going to enlighten a whole lot of you about being too comfortable to take a risk in a new direction, even if you know there's a, a big box of candy right on the other side of that. All right. Hey, just a reminder again, these are questions coming from you, the listeners. I'm honored each week to unpack those. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan to leave your question there. If you got a success story you want to share, I welcome those. If you got a resource that some of the other listeners would enjoy, feel free to leave that there as well. But 48days.com slash askdan. So here's a quick message from our sponsors. And I'm going to be back with this one more story. All right, now this comes from Noah. And I want to play his audio on this. It's real clear and concise. I want to play his audio on this so you get a real sense of what his question is here. And a whole lot of you are going to identify with this. So let's get this hey, going. Dan, I just wanted to ask for your advice on what to do when you've become too comfortable and unwilling to take risks. So um, by day, I am a freelance podcast producer and I make anywhere between 10 to 15 grand a month. And while I love what I do and I'm thankful for it, I've been unable to move my feet on a dream I've had for over five years, and that's to create a history curriculum for homeschooling students. I'm a homeschool graduate myself, and I've had an idea to create a course about weapons and warriors of the Bible. So it would be a way to get kids, homeschooling students involved, engaged in the Bible by exploring the weapons and heroes and conquests of the Bible. You know, what was the Philistine army like? What was the Battle of Jericho like? What were the significance of um, slings in the duel between David and Goliath? Um, maybe it's a dumb idea, but it's a dream I've had is to give back to the homeschool community. But I'm making a very comfortable six-figure income and um, anytime I think about dedicating more time to the side venture, um, I always get distracted on trying to make more money with what I'm doing in podcasting. So any advice or thoughts you have would be appreciated. Well, no, you know, I've got thoughts and advice. Thanks for your question. My gosh, I love what you're describing. And geez, first off, congratulations. I mean, man, you're crushing it. I mean, that's awesome to be producing podcasts and creating that kind of income. I mean, way to rock and roll. But yeah, that's not necessarily a place just to get comfortable and just assume that for the next 10 years you're going to be doing that. You're already an entrepreneur, clearly. So you aren't used to just thinking in normal terms. You're used to creating things, being innovative, and doing something that nobody else is doing, finding your zone of genius. That's awesome. Now, I did, I checked out, I mean, my gosh, your own podcast, The High Ticket Offer. I mean, it looks really cool. I'll listen to some of those. Um, but when what you describe is just such a great setup. You're too comfortable and not willing to take a risk because of that. I mean, we know most people wait until there's some kind of a train wreck. They wait until there's that heart attack before they start getting in shape physically. You know, they, they wait until they get fired to realize they were really goofing off in the job and not making a big contribution. You know, they wait for something disastrous like that to happen before they take action. You're in a great position to take action now. And I commend you on looking at it in this way, knowing that there's something bigger that you really have as a dream and knowing that you could just kind of slack off if you aren't careful. Well, we hear again, the good is the enemy of the great. That is so true. But I want you to look at this, not in terms of either or, 
but in terms of both and, I want you to continue doing what you're doing and get that course going for homeschooling students. Now, you don't have to stop what you're doing. You don't have to sabotage that at all. So you've, you want to create this curriculum for homeschoolers, Weapons and Warriors of the Bible. I love that. So you're making ten to $15,000 a month now, but you're making linear income. That means you're stuck in the daily demands of producing all those podcasts. When you see I'm very comfortable making six figures. Now, this is that thing where I was having a discussion with one of my granddaughters in the, in the pool a couple of weeks ago where I was describing the difference between linear and residual income. And it was mind-blowing to her. And I said, yeah, if you really understand this, you will never be trapped in the way that most people feel they're trapped. So you're making great income, but it's linear. You do it and get paid for doing that. Now, you're, you're saying that you want to do something in history curriculum reminded me of Jim Hodges. I've refer- referenced him before. But Jim, after coming out of the Army and de- deciding what he wanted to do, and his wife asked him, you know, if money were no object, what would you do? And he said, I'd sit around the house all day and read old history books. Loved history. Well, here's what Jim does. He reads old history books, and in doing so, creates audio products, bringing those old history stories to life, creates audio products for homeschoolers. They go to about half a dozen homeschool conventions during the year. He creates a very comfortable six-figure plus income. He's actually, now instead of selling just his individual individual courses, he has a membership. So he has people pay a monthly membership, families do, to have that access to all the programs that he's producing. So let's just, so there's a lot of prototype out there for what you're talking about. But let's just say, let's just say here, Noah, that you carve out that 15 hours a week that I talk about for the next month, just the next month. That's plenty of time to create that course. If you already have all the information, you know, just putting it together in a course with some videos to go with it, you can do that in a month. Let's say you do just one version. All you're going to do is that one course on weapons and warriors of the Bible. And let's say you price that one course at, um, well, let's make it $97. And then you do some marketing to get the word out to the homeschooling community. And over the course of the next year, you have uh, 1,500 homeschooling families purchase that course. Now, there's hundreds of thousands of families out there. Let's just say only 1,500. That's $145,000. And months two through 12, you aren't doing any new work. You're still working with the podcast that you have now. But wow, I mean, what kind of a different position would that put you in? You're sleeping and that $12,000 a month is still coming in. You're on vacation in Costa Rica with your family, but that $12,000 a month is still coming in. I mean, do you think that would change your life? Now, here's how I approach this. And I've done this multiple times, but I had a little project where I was selling advertising in a little telephone address book. This was years ago, but I would go out to, to churches primarily and get names from them. And then I'd go out and sell advertising. We'd put it in this little book. It was a very appealing, warm concept. Everybody loved it. And I could make, I could make $4,000 a week doing that by doing completing a project. Here's what I did. So that way, if I did that, if I did that four weeks in a month, then clearly I'm going to be at that $15,000, $16,000 like you're talking about. So I could have just done that. And there's no end to the projects that I could have done. But I knew that was going to keep me on the road. It was going to keep me really hammering, knocking on doors every day of the week, 
And that was not what I wanted to continue. So what I did was I worked two weeks out of the month. The first two weeks, I would go do two projects. I promised Joanne I'd keep you know the lights on in our house, roof over our head. So I did it for two weeks. Then the following two weeks, instead of doing what I knew I could do to make more money, I devoted that time to building the business that I wanted to build, where there wasn't money right away, but I knew investing the time and getting the systems in place, it would start creating money. Now, I did the same thing with when I started coaching, when I started, you know, most of the things that I'm doing now in 48 days, coaching, that was a low hanging fruit. Golly, I get paid really well for coaching. I was coaching five days a week because there were so many people that stand in the line for coaching. So I was making great money, but again, locked into the daily work. Well, as I got systems in place where we had programs, seminars, courses, online communities, masterminds, and so on, then I went from five days to four days a week, then to three, then to two, then to one. And at this point, I reserved one day a month to work a really in-depth program with somebody, one person, one day a month. But the reason I was able to do that and to give myself the time flexibility that I have now and the recurring income is because I developed things that would take on a life of their own rather than me just getting paid for my time. So here's an example. I did a video on how to start a mastermind group. That's always been a passion of mine. I, you know, I've studied what Benjamin Franklin did, what C.S. Lewis did, you know, early forms of the mastermind, going back to uh, Thinking to Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, where he talked about the power of a mastermind and all that. So I've been a student of that for a long time. So I put, I had some content. So I spent a Friday morning doing video for that. I had content. It's only about 60 pages long. There's a lot of weight space in it, so it's not a big document at all. It's not like a book, but about 60 pages of content. And then I did eight short videos to go with that on how to start a mastermind group. We put that up on Udemy. It's one of these online templates. There's a whole lot of them, but it's up there where people can go look at it. And I just checked just a minute ago. So it's been a couple of years ago that I put up the first form of that. And I just let it let it there. I just leave it like it is. I've done updated versions since that. And we sell most of them through our own site now. But that one there that I placed on Udemy has now had 2,428 students as of this morning. And they price it at $49.99. Now, they can change the price. I think it's been $69. And once in a while, they drop it down to $39 or something. But it's priced, and generally, the standard price is listed at $49.99. So 2,428 students... That's $121,375.72. And I did, I did that one morning. I spent three hours doing the video for that and just put together a PDF, a simple PDF on that. And every month I get checks on that. Now we've sold a whole lot more than that through our site as well. But speaking of our site, if you go to our site, I've got a ton of courses on there. You know, Coaching 101. Uh, you can get it now for $296. Discertification course, which we have a lot of people go through that, $296. I mean, those come in while I'm sleeping. I don't do anything with those at all. I just see the deposits going into our account. We've got, uh, of course, the 48 Days Online Seminar. We've got the DISC course, our own DISC course, Master Your Mindset. I put together 48 short videos with a 24-page reflection workbook. That's priced at $48. Boom. People go in there, buy it every day. 
um, how to talk, serve, put money in the bank. It's about the power of having a podcast. That's a $48 course. We've got one on car hacking. Yeah, and I'm, we've got a bunch of them here, but I'm just looking at a few. Car hacking, how to drive a car without costing you any money. It's just a simple process that I learned when I was a kid. I've never had a car payment. I've, I've never not paid cash for a car that I got. And I always drive the cars and then sell them for more than I paid for them. Nothing illegal, no trickery going on. It's just understanding a couple of simple principles. That course is $48. So here's the deal, Noah. Look for your end solution. I mean, keep the wheels turned on what you're doing. Again, I commend you on what you're doing, but carve out that extra intense focus for a short period of time so you can put in motion your residual income machine. I mean, that will address that nagging dream that you have. It'll stretch your thinking and put you on a path that's going to change your life forever. Man, congratulations on what you are. I can't wait to get a, a six-month update as you scratch that itch put this in place and see the results you're going to get. Hey, next week, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off or at least have it next week. I got a question here about child entrepreneurs, how to teach a child to be an entrepreneur without forcing them to do it. Wow. Well, we'll kick it off with that. I got a whole lot of things I want to share with you about that. If you got kids, again, remember our um, resource and our recommendation, our request of you today is to go to 48days.com slash feedback. And from there to, uh, Give us some feedback about what it is we're doing here. You know, I'd love to hear your feedback, what it is that you think is working on the podcast, things you'd like to see change. I mean, we are very sensitive to that, very open to your ideas. This is a changing kind of medium. I just went to Podcast Movement in Denver a couple of weeks ago. Lots happening in this that's very, very exciting. I'm firmly committed to it and looking forward to moving forward to years and years with the podcast, unless some technology comes along that uh, takes us to the next level on that. Remember that quotation I gave you at the beginning, William Shakespeare, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we off might win by fearing to attempt. All right, hey, I'm going to wrap it up with that. A lot of questions in the queue. Keep those coming in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan to leave your questions there. Thanks for those. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing your resources so readily. When I ask a question, you know, a lot of times I have the privilege of connecting you, the listeners, to things that will help you each out, somebody who may be in, prepared, in a position to give when somebody else needs to receive. So thanks for being that kind of, that kind of person. Share this episode. The biggest gift you can give to me is to share it with three of your friends who are also committed to personal growth. Um, yes, there's a lot of negativism out there. We know that. But there's a whole lot of people who are saying, you know what? I'm in the driver's seat. I can create the kind of life that I want here. So you become known for being that kind of positive encouragement, somebody who offers hope to other people. If you give them a book, you know, when we have new members come into our Eagles community, uh, I always send them two copies of 48 Days to the Work You Love, one to keep and one to give away to a friend. What an what a easy way to elevate your credibility. That person is able to transform their life. They're going to forever thank you, forever be in your graces well, and you you want to be that kind of person and as always stay committed to your belief that we can without a shadow of a doubt find or create work and a life that is meaningful purposeful and profitable <laughs>